The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at WrestlingWithJonas.com. And hello again, wrestling fans. Welcome to a special edition of This Week in History. Normally, we come to you at 12 noon on Thursdays and have it pre-recorded and ready to go be your lunchtime uh, entertainment, uh, diving into the rich history of our great sport. Unfortunately, this week, that didn't work out so well. I'm here in Windsor. Uh, I've been traveling back and forth between Windsor and London this week, and eh, it happens. So we're bringing you a special edition live. So that means we are live right now on YouTube and Facebook and Twitch. You can catch us later on on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. And we definitely appreciate you being a part of the show. Because we are live also today, you can put your comments in the section. We'll look you over. Uh, you might have to put your name if you're not on uh, Facebook giving uh, permission for your name to be used. Or I can't identify who you are. But we definitely look forward to seeing your comments. As I said in the uh, description tonight, we're going to look at some Royal Rumble. I mean, Survivor Series uh, events. World War III from WCW, the marriage of Triple H and Stephanie during that drive-through uh, time, and a whole bunch of other birthdays. And Starcade, Starcade is going to be uh, in here a lot too. So we have a lot to look at, but we can't do that until we hop over to Niagara Falls and bring in Jonesy. And how are you this evening? I am good. The snow is melted. Yeah, same here in Windsor. Um, haven't had any problems even going between London and Windsor, so that's a good thing. Uh, snow-wise, it's holding off uh, well or staying where it belongs on rooftops, grass, and trees. So it's pretty. Yes, it's pretty. So, yeah, hopefully, you know, people are able to travel and drive safe and enjoy the uh, weather. Uh, if you're uh, a little chilly tonight, curl up. Listen to some great, great history and join us with your memories as well. As we start off with the week of November 26th to the December 2nd, which is ending today. And we start off with November 26th. All right. 34 years ago today, both WWF and NWA put on a pay-per-view on the same day for the only time in American professional wrestling history. The WWF presented Survivor Series, while NWA, in association with Jim Crockett Promotions, presented Starcade. Uh, Vince McMahon pulled a strong-arm tactic to those cable networks choosing to air uh, NWA's pay-per-view. If you did, you wouldn't be able to air WrestleMania 4. In terms of buy rate percentage, WWF won this battle. The difference in number of buys were staggering. Survivor Series was seen in 325,000 um, homes, while Starcade just 20,000 homes. Uh, and that's a margin of more than 16 to 1. Following the event, cable providers told both the WWF and NWA to never hold pay-per-views on the same night ever again. Yeah, and uh, I think they've pretty much held true to that. Uh, all companies have uh, pretty much uh, gone either the night after each other or opposite weekends and scattered, uh, including with uh, UFC. So uh, cable companies are at least happy about that. I don't recall many other times that there was any uh, overlap like that before. There's been same day, but not same time uh, with, uh, I think, uh, WD doing a Saudi show or something like that. And that it's the afternoon and... AEW doing a after an evening thing, but yeah, it, they definitely have not crossed paths uh, unlike they did that time. And that was a legitimate war compared to what people want to talk about today in uh, wrestling wars uh, sort of uh, vernacular. Yeah, today it's, it's not a war between uh, these two uh, wrestling uh, federations right now. It's 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 like when NWA NWO came back. It's uh, just the 
Yep. Uh, and this was probably one of the biggest uh, death blows to uh, JCP with having uh, that low buy rate and the strong arming that Vince did. But if you want to talk about the Survivor Series 87. Yes. Uh, it emanated from the Richfield Coliseum in Richfield. Uh, the main event tag team match was the first televised meeting between Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant since WrestleMania 3. The women's match had the Jumping Bomb Angels and Friends survive 5-3 in a Survivor Series match. And Andre the Giant was the lone survivor uh, uh, on the team of Butch Reed, King Kong Bundy, One Man Gang, and Rick Rude. They defeated Bam Bam Bigelow, Don Morocco, that wimp Hulk Hogan, Ken Patera, and Paul Orndorff. And that was 5-4 in a Survivor Series match. Yeah, and that one, uh, Hogan actually got disqualified or counted out in. Uh, Bam Bam was the uh, last person standing on their team. Uh, Superstar Billy Graham was supposed to be a part of that. And then that event actually only has four matches on it, being the heavyweight uh, contenders, which you uh, talked about, the women. And that was all the women that they had. There. I think they rented some to come in because uh, they only had the – Jumping Bomb Angels and the Glamour Girls and Sherry and Rock and Robin, but they were able to fill out the rest of the thing. They had the Mid Carters led by Randy Savage against Honky Tonk Man, and of course, at that time they actually had enough tag teams to do a five on five team against team thing. So you had twenty men around that ring. A little hard to look at uh, for if, until the first elimination started going on, but that was a rich. Uh, field of uh, tag teams at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely. Uh, back then, the tag team scene was a lot hotter. Uh, the other pay-per-view that night that was going on was Starcade 87, Chai Town Heat. Uh, this was the first NWA event on pay-per-view and also the first major event from Jim Crockett Promotions since the merger with Bill Watts Universal Wrestling Federation. This is also the final Starcade under the JCP banner, as Ted Turner would buy the promotion and rebrand it, uh, World Championship Wrestling, by the next year. We had the Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson defeat the Midnight Express, Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane, in a Skywalker scaffolding match. Nikolai uh, Koloff, or sorry, Nikita Koloff, defeated Terry Taylor to unify the NWA and UWF World Television Championships. Dusty Rhodes defeated Lex Luger in a steel cage match to win the NWA US Heavyweight Championship. And Ric Flair defeated Ron Garvin in a steel cage match to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, Jim Ross brokered that deal to have... uh... Uh, UWF and uh, JCP uh, somewhat merge in the sale uh, of Bill Watts uh, to JCP. But they, I think they were hoping for it to be like a Raw and SmackDown type deal and two separate companies, at least by look, even though they were owned by the same people. And unfortunately, that didn't happen. And as you said, NWA and UWF TV titles combining and stuff like yep. that, it just basically was the end of UWF, and the same thing happened with uh, WCW and WWE when that all went down. You can't have two organizations try and survive as two organizations when they're owned by the same people. Yeah. Uh, The the only way I'd ever see it is if, say, now they decided that they wanted to bring ECW back, but however someone else would be doing all the work, they would just be renting out the license. Or if actually Tony Khan and Vince McMahon are working together oh, right yeah. now and it's one company. You know they are. Um, 27 years ago in Madison Square Garden in New York City, Diesel defeated Bob Backlund in just eight seconds to win the WWF Championship. To this day, it's still the shortest WWE Championship match in history. However, it is tied with Randy Orton defeating Daniel Bryan in eight seconds following his Money in the Bank cash-in at SummerSlam in 2013. 
Diesel would become the first WWF wrestler to win the Triple Crown in under a year at 227. CM Punk broke the mark in 2009 when he competed, uh, completed the Triple Crown in 203 days. Yeah, and Bob only really got the uh, title so that he can be transitional to uh, give it over to Diesel because uh, Bob had won at uh, Survivor Series only a day or two beforehand and then Madison Square Gardens eight seconds later. Thanks for coming. But it went back full circle by the next Survivor Series when Diesel dropped it to Brett. Yeah, I thought that whole thing stunk. Diesel getting it from Backlund so quickly. I thought it was just... It's just a spit in the face to what Backlund, Backlund, I thought, did a great job as a heel. And in the garden of all places. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the, um, he's entertaining as shit. Anywho, uh, we're going 26 years ago. Smoky Mountain Wrestling presented its last show, presented by the company. Thanksgiving Thunder from the Knoxville City Coliseum. Brad Armstrong defeated Terry Gordy in a country whipping match to become the last SMW heavyweight champion. At the end of the event, all the wrestlers attacked Cornette and hit them with their finishers. Uh, Brian Hindlebrand, who would go on to fame as Mark Curtis in WCW, pinned Cornette to end SMW. Probably wore suspenders that night, too. Yeah. Also 26 years ago, WCW presented the first World War III. The show's feature was a three-ring, 60-man battle royal for the vacated uh, WCW World Heavyweight Championship. The title was vacated the previous uh, month following the events of Halloween Havoc involving Hulk Hogan and the guy that fell off the building and survived, the Giant. Uh, some of the matches on the card, uh, we've seen Lex Luger defeat Randy Savage, Sting defeated Ric Flair, and Randy Savage uh, wins the 60-man battle royal, last eliminating one-man gang to win the vacated WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, when I was looking up uh, photos and stuff for this, uh, I came across a um, transcript of a podcast that I guess uh, Kevin Sullivan was doing. And uh, he basically said that uh, Hogan, surprisingly, here, used his creative control to uh, change the outcome of that match. I guess they originally thought about having the Giant win World War III and take the title and be a two-time uh, champion. But Hogan thought he was too green to uh, hold the uh, belt. And I think Hogan was going away for a little bit also to uh, film something. And he thought Randy Savage uh, had a better choice to uh, be that champion. And that way, when he came back, magically enough, Hogan had two potential opponents because Giant was going to get rid of Hogan and Savage had the belt that he wanted. So he had two opponents and he didn't have to deal with a very green, jolly green Giant in Paul White. Yeah, he was just learning how to smoke cigarettes back then. 21 years ago, WCW presented Mayhem 2000. Only 3,800 were in attendance, and that was uh, a 12,000-plus capacity arena, with just 55,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. Uh, that is just one of over a quarter of what Mayhem 99 received, which was about 200,000 buys. And it was down 15,000 buys from Halloween Havoc the previous month. And the main event for that stinker was Scott Steiner defeating Booker T in a straight jacket steel cage match to win the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Steiner would hold the title until the last show in company history when he defeated the was defeated by Booker T. And with those numbers, are you surprised that uh, the AOL Time Warner merger uh, got uh, done and WCW was kicked to the curb and sold within four months of this event? Yeah, that was a that was a wild couple of months. I was oh, sorry, four months. Uh, Fifteen years ago, WWE presented Survivor Series two thousand and six. Team WWE legends Ric Flair, who was the sole survivor, uh, with Sergeant Slaughter, Dusty Rhodes, and Ron Simmons, with Aaron Anderson on the side, uh, defeated the Spirit Squad, Kenny, Johnny, Nikki, and Mikey, 4-3, and a Survivor Series match. Yeah, that also saw a uh, main event, or somewhat main event, uh, with the eliminations, uh, with Team DX having... Uh, 
the Hardy Boys and an ECW version of uh, CM Punk on their team, and they uh, swept uh, to get a 5 nothing victory uh, in their match. And I think it was on a, something that Russell with or something like that, um, that Bruce Pritchard mentioned that even at that time, Triple H didn't get what what or who CM Punk was, even though the fans were all happy about him finally making it to a main roster. And they never seemed to ever be on the same page other than that night. Um, and that's why CM Punk still mocks uh, Triple H to this day, even uh, as soon as last week on AEW. Ah, maybe he's planting seeds because if he ever did come back to the WWF, of course it would be out of WrestleMania. There's a, a person to go against. That'd be big money. Uh, Batista defeated King Booker to win the World Heavyweight Championship. And um, uh, no, Maven did not win the World Heavyweight Championship. However, it is his birthday on November 26th. It's the 45th birthday for Maven Clint Huff, Huffman, uh, the first male Tough Enough winner, uh, PWI Rookie of the Year, three-time uh, WWF Hardcore Champ, and he eliminated the, uh, eliminated the Undertaker at the 2002 Royal Rumble. He just recently was on an episode of uh, The Bump after a uh, long time away from doing anything involving WWE, and... Um, I just read somewhere online that uh, he was coming out of somewhat retirement to do an indie show. Hmm. Well, maybe you'll see Maven at the Royal Rumble. Who knows? Uh, November 27th, 72 years ago today, NWA World Heavyweight Champion Orville Brown forfeits the title to Luthez due to injuries suffered in a car accident and would end his career. Look at that old uh, car there all smushed up. Yeah, amazing that he survived it to be able mm -hmm. to hand over the title. And it just not being declared vacant because he died. Yeah, and uh, hey, you know, Orville Brown was a tough... Tough guy, and look at that. He survived that crash. One of your favorite people. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I just like the name. Uh, 35 years ago, NWA, in association with Jim Crockett Promotions, presented Starcade 86, Night of the Skywalkers. From the Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina, and also at the Omni. And that was the um, one of the reasons for that is because the scaffold uh, match was held at um, the one arena, and I think they took it down while other matches were going on in the other place, kind of like WrestleMania 2, and you think in a way they do this more often. Yeah, but nowadays they can they have the uh, pulley system to be able to just mm -hmm. uh, yeah. raise and lower them without having to waste an intermission to set up things. Yeah, I don't know. It was kind of fun watching them set up some of that stuff, you know, the blue cage and Anyways, Wahoo McDaniel, and this was the card that we're talking about, the Night of the Skywalkers. Uh, Wahoo McDaniel defeated Rick Rude in an Indian strap match. Tully Blanchard defeated Dust Rhodes in a first blood match to win the NWA World Television Championship. Big Bubba Rogers defeated Ron Garvin in a street fight. And the Road Warriors defeated the Midnight Express in a scaffolding match. Uh, this is the match where uh, Corny broke some limbs falling from the bottom of the scaffold. NWA World Heavyweight Champion Ric Flair and NWA United States Champion Nikita Koloff wrestled to a double DQ. Koloff replaced Magnum TA because of his career-ending car accident. And um, I was going to say, oh, that oh man, that's where you learn that uh, Cornette uh, kind of uh, uh, doesn't really bounce. He just goes splat. <laughs> yeah, he bled a gusher in a white suit, I think, in that one. And for the life of me, to be honest, I don't get the scaffold match. I get cage matches. I get war games. I get elimination chamber. I get some of these other crazy things that you have, like ambulance matches. But why a scaffold? What can you do other than climb up, punch, 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 and watch them fall down unless they submit type deal? Like, where did this come from? 
I would love to know at least uh, to go back maybe and look at the history of it because I don't get a scaffold match. And that's probably a reason why they're not done since the 80s, really. I think yeah. You know, some, so I think some deathmatch places that uh, do them now just to see people climb up and fall through uh, light tubes and stuff like that. But at that time, why do we need a scaffold? I, I think it's it was they were just trying a lot of different things, uh, and scaffolds. A lot of arenas and places have those things lying around. So hey, f- why not? Uh, for, for me, I think the scaffold match would be fine if it was you started at in the ring and you had to go up the scaffold to get, say, the titles or whatever. That and would make sense. But that, they were just yeah. battle, climbing up to battle each other. Yeah. I personally, I mean, a lot of people love the Road Warriors versus, uh, of course, this is the match. In fact, I believe. Um See this match, you know, it's a great match, and it's like, no, it's just the only thing that was entertaining was Coronet falling off, even though that's one of those things you watch, you're like, oh god, poor bastard. Uh, but really, it's a boring match. Yep, carry on. All right, 30 years ago, WWF presented Survivor Series 91, the gravest challenge. This is the first Survivor Series to feature a singles match of any kind and had the main event title match in the middle of the show, and this would happen again the next year at WrestleMania 8. Uh, the, the matches on the show, some of them was Ric Flair, he was the sole survivor beating Piper's team. Uh, Surgeon Slaughter's whole team survived in a shitty match against Kerm Mustafa, the Berserker, Skinner, and Hercules uh, 4-0 in a Survivor Series match. And The Undertaker defeated Hulk Hogan to win the WWF Championship. Yeah, this was kind of an interesting one here because I've mentioned it before, and I, uh, while looking for photos for this event, noticed and found the um, unblurred version of Ric Flair holding up the real world's title. Oops, that's actually a WWF Tag Team Championship. Because by then he had to give back the uh, championship uh, belt, got his money back from the NWA uh, that he paid out and why he uh, ended up bringing it with him to the WF. But he's holding up a uh, tag team title there that if you watch the DVDs or anything like that, or even on the network, is blurred out. And of course, then you see in the middle of the screen uh, how Undertaker ended up beating Hulk Hogan for the championship because Ric Flair uh, put a chair under uh, into the ring and Taker did a tombstone onto Hogan. Uh, Hogan has claimed that this is what's given him neck problems and stuff like that in the uh, past. But if you look closely at this picture, Hogan's head didn't even touch the chair. Undertaker protected him so much, and there's no way uh, that tombstone caused any damage to Mr. Terry Bolia. Maybe mental scars, but uh, that'd be it. I'd have mental scars being uh, near the crotch of the phenom. Yeah, well, at least uh, that's better than the phenom having the crotch of a uh, soiled Sid uh, Justice Vicious uh, in it. Uh, and also on that card, the Legion of Doom, sorry to, uh, uh, seen this here, the Legion of Doom, Hawk and Animal won a rare three-on-three survivor, um, match, which I don't know if they've ever, if there ever was another three-on-three, uh, after Sid Justice dropped out due to an, uh, injury and Jake and Savage dropped out because of the famous snake bite angle. Yeah, uh, I don't think they've done any, uh, three-on-threes, uh, since then, and, I'm questioning this whole claim of uh, a injury from Mr. Sid Udi because I would assume by November 27th, softball season would have been done, but he might have had a softball game to go to that night. Yeah. Him and his softball. Twi- <laughs> Ooh, that didn't sound good at all. 22 years ago today, Yatsuhiro uh, Kujima, best known to wrestling fans as Hiro Matsuda, dies of colon cancer, and he was 62. 
He would have two runs with WCW in the late 80s, once in 87 as a manager for Lex Luger in his feud with Dusty Rhodes. And again in 89 as, as a manager of a renamed Four Horsemen called the Yamazaki Cor uh, Corporation. Most famously, Kojima was the trainer and some of the most of the some of the most successful wrestlers in history, including Hulk Hogan, Lex Luger, Ron Simmons, uh, Kiji uh, Muda, uh, the Great Muda, uh, Scott Hall, and Paul Orndorff. His stiff, no-nonsense style was designed to teach new trainees respect for the business and toughen them up. 16 years ago, WWE presented Survivor Series 2005. Uh, Booker T defeated Chris Benoit in the first match the Best of Seven Series for the vacated WWE United States uh, Championship. Triple H defeated Ric Flair in a last man standing match. And Team SmackDown, Batista, Rey Mysterio, John uh, Brad. Shaw Layfield, Bobby Lashley, and the lone survivor, Randy Orton, defeated Team Raw, consisting of Shawn Michaels, Kane, The Big Slow, Carlito, and Chris Masters. It's just a hodgepodge of who was left over, it looked like. <laughs> yep. Uh, it would have been a, the 59th birthday of Davy Boy Smith, and of course, best known as the British Bulldog. Uh, was one half of the British Bulldogs with his cousin, Tom the Dynamite Kid Billington. Uh, the duo won the WWF Tag Team Championship in 1986. Smith uh, struck it big on his own as a singles competitor, winning the WWF IC belt, and was the first WWF European champion. The hardcore belt and also held the WWF Tag Team Championship gold with Owen Hart. He was 39. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, rest in peace uh, to Davey Boy Smith. He actually uh, had a really good run in Stampede when the Bulldogs uh, was broke up. And there was uh, like a Johnny Smith in there and Biff Wellington and a whole bunch of guys. Uh, if you ever get a chance to check out some old Stampede involving mm -hmm. the Bulldogs, well worth it. Yeah, I've heard that's their better stuff than what they did in the WWF. Uh, November 28th, 36 years ago, NWA, in association with Jim Crockett Promotions, presented Starcade 85, The Gathering. From the Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina, and the Omni in Atlanta, Georgia. Buddy Landell defeated Terry Taylor to win the NWA National Championship. Magnum TA defeated Tully Blanchard in a brutal I Quit steel cage match to win the NWA United States Championship. The Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson defeated Ivan in Nikita Koloff in a steel cage match to win the NWA World Tag Team Championship. Dusty Rhodes defeated Ric Flair to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, but it was overturned a week later by referee Tommy Young due to interference by Aaron Anderson. This perhaps is the most well-known and polarizing of Dusty finishes in wrestling history. I uh, finished that teases one result, usually in favor of a babyface, usually for a title, only to have said result reversed on a technicality, i.e. outside interference or an intentional over-the-top rope throw. Yeah, they had a, a good feud with each other. And um, speaking of great feuds, uh, you mentioned Magnum and uh, Tully with their I Quit match. It was a definitely a really bloody steel cage uh, match. And to know that... Tully obviously is the father of Tessa Blanchard, but Magnum TA is the stepfather of Tessa Blanchard. Mm -hmm. So they're connected always. All right. 11 years ago today, actor Leslie Nelson dies of complications, or Nielsen, Nelson, Leslie Nielsen. Ah, sorry. Uh, dies of complications of pneumonia at a Fort Lauderdale, Florida hospital. He was 84. Besides his fame for movies, he was part of the WWF universe along with George Kennedy when at SummerSlam 94, they tried to find the real Undertaker. And as we discovered um, back in SummerSlam 94, that uh, they should have been able to find him because he actually was at a house show 
I think the evening or a few days before the event. So they weren't looking very hard. Yes, but they were standing on the case. Yes, they were standing. And at the end of the night, the case was closed. It was painful to watch um, that because it was like it was just the same jokes and over the top punniness. Yeah, and it was just like you know, it's good that they got. I'm sure they got a decent paycheck out of it, but it was like oh. And it's a happy 38th birthday of Danielle Monette, best known to, uh, to wrestling fans these days as Summer Ray. Today would have been the 72nd birthday of Marshall Aaron Mayer, best known to fans as Lee Marshall. Born in Los Angeles, Marshall was a longtime radio announcer, working in a number of radio stations around the country and in Canada. In wrestling, he hosted AWA on ESPN and called many matches in the promotion's latter days. And he was the ring announcer for the Los Angeles proportion of WrestleMania II, which uh, was his only WWF appearance. And I want to say he was actually also commentating on it. I could be wrong, but I'm... Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I've seen a clip that. of WrestleMania II, and I heard his voice, and it, he was helping call the match. So... Anyways, uh, in the mid to late 90s, he was part of the World of World Championship Wrestling broadcast team. He was also the voice of Tony the Tiger since 99 uh, with Thurl Ravenskoff and succeeded him in 2005. And uh, from what, uh, um, uh, oh, why is the names not coming to me? Um, his broadcast partner, uh, Shavani, geez, Tony Shavani. Just one come to me. I I know on his show he's talked about the the amount of money that he made off doing just the the Tony the Tiger's voice because they're great. Yep. Uh, and one at one time it was also voiced um, by the same guy that did the voice for the original Spider Man. Um, on April twenty six two thousand and fourteen, Marshall died of esophageal cancer in St. Monica, California. He was 64. He was survived by his wife, Judy, son and stepdaughter and granddaughter, uh, Katie. And today would have been the 83rd birthday of famed football player and wrestler Ernest Ladd, a.k.a. the big cat Ernie Ladd. Ladd was a part of four AFL championship games, all with the Chargers and was part of the AFL championship winning team in 1963. He was a four-time AFL All-Star from 1962 to 65. He was a part of a group of players that organized a boycott of the 1965 AFL All-Star game due to racism experienced in New Orleans, and the game was moved to Houston. Initially uh, wrestling as a publicity stunt in the San Diego area in 1961, Ladd began to wrestle full-time during the AFL's offseason when a knee injury ended his football career. Ladd turned to uh, wrestling full-time in 1969. He had championship matches with Bruno San Martino, Pedro Morales, and Bob Backlund. After leaving the WWF, he uh, wrestled for Bill Watts in the Mid-South Territory. In 1995, Ladd was inducted into the WWF Hall of Fame. And one year earlier, he was inducted into the WCW Hall of Fame. One of just 17 men inducted there. You know, maybe uh, maybe the WWE should uh, induct all those WCW Hall of Famers into their Hall of Fame. And, and mind you, they might already all be there. I That'd think be- they're already there. Yeah, they are. Yeah, that'd be interesting to see if all 17 are there. Uh, in late uh, 2003, Ladd was diagnosed with colon cancer, uh, told he had at most six months to live. Uh, Ladd would survive for more than three years before succumbing uh, to the illness on March 10th, 2007, at age 68. At the time of his death, he was survived by his wife of 45 years, Rosalind, and their four children. Rest in peace, big cat. Yeah. November 29th, 27 years ago in Chicago, Illinois, Tito Santana defeated Cowboy Bob Barton to win the AWF Heavyweight Championship. He was virtually the only heavyweight champion in the company's existence, 
One night in 1996, Orton won the title, but was forced to vacate it due to interference during the match. And I remember watching AWF. It was, uh, I believe, on the weekends on one of the uh, U.S. Uh, stations. And uh, not half bad. I, I put it actually uh, kind of like um, what WCW was for a bit there. Uh, it was just a lot of guys that were formerly from the WWF. And um, it was kind of neat to see Tito Santana as their champion and that... Uh, um, and uh, yeah, we used to call it the uh, Alzheimer's Wrestling Federation. Yeah, uh, that also uh, had a look to it, like how Global Wrestling Federation, UWF, mm. uh, USWA, and uh, some of those uh, smaller organizations uh, in look and feel. Uh, so it was more of, uh, in a way, studio wrestling at times. Yeah. Than being on the road in actual arenas. And uh, you can catch that on YouTube. Um, I believe all the episodes are up there. Yep. Uh, 22 years ago, British wrestling legend Giant Haystacks dies of cancer in his home in uh, Priswich, England. Uh, William D. Uh, uh, Cohen, he was 53. Uh, some neat facts about this big guy. Uh, his birth weight was 141, uh, sorry, geez, 141, pardon me. His birth weight was 14 pounds, six ounces. Uh, Haystacks later, Giant uh, Calhoun was named after American wrestling star William Calhoun. Uh, he was a devo devoted Roman Catholic, and uh, he refused to compete on Sundays. He stood at 6'11 and weighed 685 pounds at his heaviest. Man, he would have been great to see. Uh, he would wrestle for Stampede Wrestling in Canada, the Catch Wrestling Association in Germany and Australia, and World Championship Wrestling in the United States as Loch Ness. And by that time, he was just really old, slow, and needed the ropes to uh, help him up. And he was briefly a member of the uh, laughable Dungeon of Doom, but following a cancer diagnosis, uh, he returned to England. Um, he was 52 at the time of his death, and he was survived by his wife and three sons. He was one big man. Oh, yes. 22 years ago on Nitro, the WCW World Television Championship is abandoned when Scott Hall throws it in a trash can. Uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan would dig it out and claim himself as a champion. Well, that's kind of funny. Over on Raw is War from Los Angeles, uh, Triple H reveals on the Titantron during Stephanie's wedding to Tess that he drugged her up for the night before and had a Chapo Vegas wedding with her. And uh, as always, it's the good old days when drugging up a female is expected, uh, or sorry, is accepted in wrestling, of course. And, uh, yeah. and now it's just one of those things. It's, yeah, my. But. Oh. How it actually happened, if you watch back that episode, uh, you get to see Stephanie's bachelorette party and all the festivities yeah. going on there. And she had some younger ladies there that you had no idea, but obviously they were her friends. Uh, but May and Mula were there, and Mula was the one who roofied her. <laughs> Shocking, considering what you find out about Mula later on on uh, Dark Side of the Ring and how she treated the ladies and stuff like that, but she was the one who roofied Stephanie to allow her to be put into the car and taken to the uh, White Chapel uh, drive-through, which JR uh, got married at that place. Uh, WCW used that one also with the whole Sherry and uh, Colonel Robert Parker wedding, uh, and I think I heard that possibly Bruce Pritchard or and or Jerry Lawler uh, had nuptials there as well. Hmm. So it's been very well used by the wrestling world. Uh, but his, uh, Triple H's ventriloquism uh, during that uh, saying I do for her was very, very poorly done. But I created this lovely uh, wedding album of that day for our viewers to see and yeah, coming down in lovely a lovely pictures. dress who would have known that a while later 
that actually was a real thing for Triple H and Stephanie, uh, or Paul Levesque and Stephanie McMahon to actually get married. Yeah, I back then that that whole episode reminded me of watching a wrestling show slash a um, skit show. Uh, moving on, 11 years ago on Raw, Sheamus defeated John Morrison to win the 2010 King of the Ring tournament. 10 years ago, comedian uh, Patrice O'Neill dies from complications due to a stroke in uh, Englewood, New Jersey. He was a member of the WWE creative uh, team in the early 2000s, and he was just 41. And it would have been the 53rd birthday for Eiji Izaki, uh, best known to wrestling fans as Hayabusa. He spent the majority of his career in frontier martial arts wrestling and was generally regarded as the face of the company. He wrestled briefly in Mexico in the mid-1990s and won match for ECW in 98. Izaki's career ended in 2001 after a botched springboard moonsault caused him to lose footing and land on his head. He cracked two of his vertebrae and left him paralyzed for a year. FMW would close down four months after his retirement. Sadly, he died of a brain hemorrhage on March 3rd, 2006. And I can honestly say I didn't see the episode, but uh, there is an FMW episode on Dark Side of the Ring that probably goes into a lot more detail over what Mm. happened with Hayabusa and everybody associated with FMW. And it's actually, yeah, I've been brought back FMWE uh, with more uh, death matches from Japan. Ooh, fun. Uh, we got a bunch more birthdays. Uh, it would have been the 79th birthday to Eugene Arthur Ogilerland. And of course, that's, uh, uh, you know him as Mean Gene Orkelin. Uh A few things about him he worked in radio before wrestling. Uh, of course, he's in the WWE Hall of Fame in 2006. And he was fantastic on the WWE's Legends House. He actually was a singer before getting into wrestling. Oh. Yeah, hey, I, I, yeah, yeah, I can believe that. Um, yeah, it's a happy 55th uh, birthday to George Charles Layfield, a.k.a. JBL. And uh, it's also a happy 72nd birthday to Zeb Kultur, uh, Dirty Dutch Martel. And he's been in the wrestling business for nearly 50 years and has pretty much worked in every uh, major wrestling promotion in North America. Uh, And we also have a happy 72nd birthday to wrestling legend uh, Jerry the King Lawler. Uh, He's uh, been 50 years in the wrestling business, was a disc jockey for a radio station, He started announcing for WWF in 92 on Superstars. Of course, he had a heart attack on air during an episode of Raw 2012 in Montreal and returned two months later. And on that uh, show that A&E's been doing, um, he's presented with the uh, shirt he was wearing when he had the heart attack. Uh, he trust, uh, twice ran for mayor of Memphis, finishing third in 99 and fifth in 2009. Lawler is also an accomplished commercial artist and is an avid Browns and Indians fan. And he collects a shitload of Coke um, memorabilia, and he was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2007. By William Shatner, who he had monkey flipped on a episode of Raw as part of the King's uh, Court uh, segment. I was there for uh, that whole thing. And I guess uh, Shatner expected uh, them to have a uh, speech already written for him, and he didn't, so he had to wing it. But, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a train wreck, uh, Shatner's uh, induction into uh, the Hall of Fame for Jerry Lawler. But he made it work, and Jerry's in the Hall of Fame. Nice. Uh, November 30th, 42 years ago in Tukushima, Japan, Antonio Noki defeated Bob Backlund to win the WWF Championship. He would vacate the championship a week later in Tokyo following a rematch that went to a no contest due to interference by Tiger Jeet Singh. Uh, Backlund would regain the title in mid-December by defeating Bobby Duncan in a Texas death match. 
the WWE recognizes Backlund as officially having one uninterrupted championship run from 78 to 83. But don't feel bad for Anoki. He, pardon me, he was put in the WWE Hall of Fame in 2010 and won the WWF World Martial Arts Heavyweight Championship twice. 24 years ago, ECW presented November to Remember. Rob Van Dam and Tommy Dreamer went to a no contest in an ECW versus WWF flag match. Sabu defeated the Sandman in a tables and ladders match. No, oh my. And Shane Douglas defeated Bam Bam Bigelow to win the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. Douglas would hold the championship for a company record 405 days, beating his uh, 380 fifth first round and let's take a look at the monday night war this week head to head 23 years ago on raw's war from uh, baltimore maryland big boss man defeated mankind in a ladder match to win the wwf hardcore championship and over on nitro from chattanooga tennessee uh, brad hart defeated uh, ddp by ko to win the wcw u.s belt and Conan also defeated Chris Jericho to win the WCW World Television Championship. And uh, co- courtesy goes out to pro wrestling uh, fandom for posting the card for both shows. Um, and uh, who had the better card that night? Uh, I put the card up. I don't know if you had a chance to take a look at it. but um, Yeah, I'm looking at Silver, and when you're uh, main eventing with... Uh, Mankind and Bossman, as much as I do like Ray Trailer and McFoley, you can't really uh, say that Raw had a great show that night. Um, WCW had longer matches when you also have uh, Brad against DDP. I have to give the nod to uh, WCW that night, even if the ratings uh, didn't say so for those shows. Mm hmm. And uh, on the reboot of this history, this is one thing that we uh, can uh, do from time to time is look at a head-to-head Raw uh, WWE, oh my, WWF and uh, WCW card and see which had the better show that night. Yeah, we are going to be doing a reboot uh, very shortly uh, because we'll get through a whole year of this. And uh, go a little more in-depth into some of these cards that we're uh, bringing you and uh, do a little bit uh, deeper spotlight. Uh, just reminding you guys, you are watching uh, This Week in History, November 26th to December 2nd, live tonight on yeah, Facebook and YouTube and Twitch. You can put your comments in at any time and we will uh, acknowledge them. Just make sure you put your name just in case uh, it doesn't come up as a Facebook user. But Carry on with our date. All right. 11 years ago, uh, Celeste Bonin, a.k.a. Caitlin, wins NXT Season 3. She was last-minute replacement for Isis, the Amazon, who got dropped because of naughty pictures. And uh, I want to see those pictures. Did you find any of those naughty pictures? Did not see any of those oh. when I was Googling uh, for Caitlin's picture. But um, she was definitely an Amazon that was... Uh, well over, I mean, close to seven feet. She towered over all these uh, ladies that were part of the show. And Caitlin even was taller than most of them as well. But uh, it was a very short season, and people want to uh, look for Isis the Amazon. They are welcome to do so, but I did not. Yeah, if you do, uh, please share. Yeah, happy birthdays on this day from November 30th, 1974. It's a happy 48th birthday to William Jason Reso, Reso, whatever, a.k.a. to wrestling fans as Christian. Uh, now, how do you uh, say that? Is it Reso or Reso? Jason Reso. Reso. All right. Uh, he signed with WWF in 98 after winning his first championship in his in-ring debut, which was the light heavyweight belt. Christian uh, and his wrestling brother Edge would go on to be the top 10 of all uh, tag teams in the WWF. And not many times does both tag partners, when split up, win the top prize in the same company. And that just proved that they totally reeked of awesomeness. 
Yeah, and uh, Jay was able to go over to uh, uh, TNA and win the title there. He just recently held the Impact Wrestling uh, title by beating Kenny Omega, dropping it uh, over on a uh, Impact pay-per-view recently. But I also remember uh, us seeing uh, Edge and Christian as the Suicide Blondes going against each other because their opponents didn't show up at the Western Fair. And people were on Edge's side and calling Christian ugly and stupid. And then uh, a few months later when they were getting their tryouts, I ran into them along with, I believe his name was Rodney Blackbeard, who didn't really go anywhere. Uh, they were all in the uh, lobby at the Sky Dome Hotel. And I was just like, weren't you just there? And they're like, yeah, yeah. And I said hello to them. But who would have guessed that the, they went on to being Edge and Christian? I would have had a longer conversation and maybe gotten an autograph instead of just saying hello to them mm -hmm. at a payphone. Uh, I don't know where that card went. I have that card somewhere in a box uh, that I saved, but I have no idea where it is. Uh, one of these days, uh, I want to write the Western Fair because they had more than one wrestling show there over the years. I remember seeing a women's mud wrestling match there, and they had the card at nighttime, and it was a large crowd compared to the one that we've seen. All right, we're going to go to December 1st. 49 years ago in Yokohama, Japan, Boba Brazil defeated uh, Kentaro Oki to win the vacated NWA International Heavyweight Championship. 47 years ago in Philadelphia, Stan Stasiak defeated Pedro Morales to win the WWF Heavyweight Championship. Stasiak ended Pedro's 1,027-day reign. However, Stasiak only held onto the belt for just over a week. I would call this a popcorn, a popcorn fart. Pretty much. 23 years ago at a Raw taping, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Mankind defeated The Undertaker and The Rock via DQ. The WWF got poo-pooed on by the USA Network for the crucifixion of Steve Stone Cold Jeebus Austin. Uh, Cue the Catholic League and Phil Donahue and the Catholic League, an organization dedicated to fighting for Catholics against def uh, defamation and uh, discrimination, were grinding their pay uh, uh, prey beads. Yeah, didn't give a good, that last line, but oh well. Didn't give a good uh, image, and it's odd that uh, so ECW did something like this with uh, Raven and Sandman and stuff like that, and it was one of the reasons why Kurt Angle did not uh, go to work in ECW. And I'm pretty sure Kurt was possibly working for WWE at this time, and they did this uh, putting under a. Uh, Austin on under to your symbol, which does look like a cross uh, and looks like uh, a Jesus pose when you look at it closely. So I'm surprised you uh, people internally like Kurt Angle were not more up in arms, but it they is. They might have got is. away with it if they would have dropped Austin down to the uh, uh, symbol part below him so that. He was not looking like he was on a cross, more of an X with a cross above him. Yeah, and they even strapped Stephanie to it when yes. they were going to have the uh, dark wedding. And actually on um, on YouTube, there is, I, I think they're podcasters or whatever. They went for a tour there and Stephanie and Triple H uh, took them around and Stephanie actually uh, got on that thing. And uh, so uh, they showed that in that uh, uh um, video that you can see on YouTube. Um, 15 years ago, Vince Russo, uh, Jeremy Borash, and the Voodoo Kin Mafia, BG James and Kip James, crashed a WWE house show in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, they filmed some segments they would show on Impact. Uh, the WWE just let them be and made no announcement acknowledging them. Yeah, are we shocked that somebody like Russo and uh, the New Age Outlaws were part of uh, doing something like that, considering the New Age Outlaws uh, did it with DX and didn't get into a, the WCW show? Uh, nope, they almost did. Uh, 12 years ago, WWE signs 2008 Playboy Model of the Year. 
And Playmate of the Year finalist uh, Jillian uh, Bayor, uh, uh, they released her only three months later. Eight years ago today in Reseda, uh, California, Adam Cole defeated Kevin Steen in a Guerrilla Warfare match to win the Pro Wrestling Guerrilla World Championship. In Reseda, California, I do believe that's where the Karate Kid uh, shit uh, went down. It is the home of Daniel uh, Russo. Yeah. and they yeah, I wasn't sure I had to say that, but when I seen it, I'm like, that's got to be Reseda. <laughs> Yeah, and then they were tag team partners, part of Mount Rushmore, which uh, Kevin uh, Owens has uh, made reference to recently. And uh, people are speculating whether or not he is going to be done his WD career and headed over to AEW and maybe reform the Mount Rushmore with the Bucks and Cole. Or there's so much speculation going on because also Kyle O'Reilly is uh, got a contract going up. So. You never know where people are going to be uh, come 2022. Egg, uh, yes, uh, that, that's the fun part of wrestling is uh, it's kind of like uh, all sports. They get traded, not traded, but it's kind of like that. <laughs> Too bad they didn't trade them. That'd be more fun. Hey, it's a happy 50th birthday of Stephanie uh, Finiochio, best known to wrestling fans as Trinity. That's didn't a, really know her too much. No, but that's a that's a that's a nice uh, picture. Yeah, she spent some time in TNA and very briefly in the reboot of ECW, but that didn't last long because she got injured. Mm-hmm. But she does stunt work. Nice, uh, Stephanie. Or sorry, uh, the yeah, this lady. Uh, wow, I actually have a lot on her. Uh, we'll go through some of it. Uh, Stephanie, she made her professional wrestling debut in October 2002. Uh, she debuted uh, for TNA as Trinity. Uh, did she? Yeah, she went to WWE's developmental territory. Uh, she uh, debuted as Trinity for the rebooted ECW as a member of the Full Blooded Italians. So she was um, in kind of WWE there for a bit. Uh, Less than two weeks after her ECW debut, she injured her knee on a moonsault to the outside during a cat fight uh, where she underwent surgery. Uh, she was released and uh, began uh, concentrating on uh, stunt work. Uh, some of the movies that she's done stunt work for, Anaconda, Daredevil, um, Spider-Man 2, The Bourne Ultimatum, and there's a lot of others, including Sex in the City 2. Ooh. Uh, besides being a certified uh, aerobics instructor and dancer, she has also dabbled in roller derby in recent years, joining the Strong Island Derby Revolution as a jammer. And on to our final day. Final day, December 2nd, 52 years ago in 1969 in Osaka, Japan. Uh, Dory Funk Jr. and Antonio Noki fought to a 60-minute draw for the NWA World Belt. 47 years ago in uh, Kojoshima, Japan, uh, Giant Baba defeated Jack Briscoe 2-1 in a best-of-three-falls match to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. He would lose it just one week later to Briscoe. 24 years ago, British wrestling legend Shirley Big Daddy Crabtree died of a stroke in Halifax General Hospital uh, in his hometown of Halifax. England, by the way. He was 67. He was a second generation wrestler. He at one time held the Guinness Book of World Records for his 64 inch chest. Uh, Shirley also had a brother and three nephews in the wrestling business at the time of his death. 21 years ago, WWF presented Rebellion 2000 from the Sheffield Arena in Sheffield, England. Uh, the only belt to change hands saw Crash Holly defeat William Regal to win the WWF European Championship. Dropping belt in your own country. Yep. Wow. That that proves that you're a man. Such a man. Excellent. 14 years ago today, TNA presented Turning Point from the Impact Zone. Uh, this was TNA's version of Money in the Bank, uh, the Feast or Fried match. In the bout, about a dozen competitors uh, fight to grab one of the four briefcases hanging on poles. 
they can only claim the prize if they leave the ring with both feet on the floor and the case in their possession. The match continued until all four cases are claimed. On the first impact following the match, the contents of the cases are revealed a la deal or no deal. Uh, the cases contain one of the following, a TNA World Heavyweight Championship match, a TNA World Tag Team Championship match, a TNA X Division match, and D, you're fired. Well, that's nice. We had uh, Scott Steiner, Shenshi, BG James, and PD Williams, each winning a briefcase. Senji won the fired briefcase, poor guy, uh, but would lose it to Christopher Daniels. Daniels wound up being fired when the contents were revealed. Abyss and Raven defeated Black Rain and Relic in a match of 10,000 tacks. And Kaz and Booker T defeated Christian Cage and Robert Roode. Yeah, the good old time of Black Rain, Dustin Rhodes, <laughs> super overweight and depressed, uh, Thankfully, he's gotten past that and is in a way better place. But Black Rain is somebody we probably want to ignore in history. But unfortunately, things like us won't let it happen. Yep. Um, 11 years ago, Hassan Hameen Assad, born Elvin Burke uh, Jr., a.k.a. MVP, asked for and is given his release from WWE. He would end up in New Japan wrestling as the first ever IWGP Intercontinental Champion in 2011. And, of course, he would eventually return to the WWE. And, finally, it's a happy 55th birthday for Kenzuki Shinzaki, uh, a.k.a. Jinsi Shinzaki or Hayakushi. Uh, and uh, if you don't, if you're not look, looking at the video and just listening to us later, that's the guy that had all the tattoos all over his chest. Um, he's a he was a pioneer of luchador style that would embrace worldwide uh, in the mid '90s. Shinzaki began with the Universal Lucha Libre in '91 as the masked Mongolian Yuga. In 94, he joined the WWF as Hakushi, meaning White Death or White Master, and he was wasted there. After leaving the WWF in a brief stint in ECW, he returned to his native Japan. Shinzaki is also a co-founder of Sendaya Girls Pro Wrestling, along with Yoshimiko uh, Satomura. And that is it. For this week in wrestling history, which is compiled from the vast land of Google, Wikipedia, CapesideSeats.com, and most importantly, from fans and journalists that had front row seats to history. And a big thank you, as always, to our sponsor, CoolBet, CoolBet.com, and sportsbook betting and casino games. Stay cool and bet responsibly. And, of course, thanks to everyone that listens to us all over the place and also on the genres network. Exactly, and we got a comment from uh, J.D. Smith uh, about uh, Haikushi looking badass. Uh, yeah, you would be right. Unfortunately, he was uh, very much wasted in his time in WWE, and uh, uh, aside from great matches with Bret Hart, he was uh, relegated, unfortunately, to a uh, mid-card role where he could have had so much better. But He, he was and, a high-class jobber. Vince didn't, uh, I guess, get it from him. Uh, another comment before we get out of here. Sigh. As so many are, of course. That's the unfortunate part. And when you're entertaining Vince McMahon, that's what you have to unfortunately do. Uh, I'm just going to put up our uh, thing with CoolBet. Uh, thanking them again uh, for being a part of our sponsors. And reminding everybody to stop by our uh, store at prowrestlingtees.com backslash wrestling t-shirts in time for Christmas. And also you'll be supporting Stephen's uh, Wrestling Journey and Carrie Malformation Research at SickKids Hospital in Toronto. So go check out our uh, t-shirt selections and uh, support a great cause and a great kid in Stephen Spice. So uh, there's that. And want to thank everybody for being a part of the show. And your comments are uh, appreciated. We look forward to seeing what our new format is going to be since we're nearing our one-year anniversary of this. And uh, like I said, we're going to get uh, more in-depth uh, uh, spotlighting some people. 
spotlighting uh, what led into some of these great uh, events. And, of course, as uh, Jonesy mentioned, uh, we'll look at maybe uh, some Monday Night Wars activity. So a uh, lot coming up in the uh, reboot. Uh, your comments are always welcome. Join us on Facebook, uh, a part of our group. And you can always email us, scumbagswrestling at gmail.com. Check out our website, scumbagswrestling.ca. And one for final comment. Yes, thank you. And uh, hopefully you can be a part of it. Uh, send us some messages, uh, JD, and we'll uh, make sure uh, we're still interactive. So until next time, have a great evening, everybody. And we'll see you on our next episode. <laughs>